Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All righty. Welcome, Hearts. Welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And today we have Nicole Jansen, who has been empowering entrepreneurs for over 30 years. You guys, you hear me talk a lot about just showing up day in and day out. So I'm really excited to interview Nicole about that because her vast experience in business and leadership and human behavior has uniquely equipped her to bring out the best in others. She is the founder of the Discover the Edge and Leaders of Transformation podcast, reaching listeners in over 140 companies, uh, excuse me, countries. <laughs> We're going to probably leave that there because <laughs> I'm sure you've impacted companies and countries. Nicole, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Abigail. It's good to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much. And 30 years of experience, it is a large part of my message, particularly in getting paid to be yourself that you must show up for this work. And you've been doing that for 30 years. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you come from and how you've been staying at it for this long. Yeah, thanks. So my parents were entrepreneurs and I kind of fell into it, I would say, because of them. And I was always a little entrepreneurial doing some things as I was a kid. And and then I was selling jewelry to my friends when I was in grade six, making and selling jewelry, going to flea markets with my mom and, and so forth. But um, also helping out in their business. Uh, I started my own official business when I was 16. I just knew I wanted to be in business. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to be in business for myself. And so I did that. And uh, and that's been yeah over 30 years now since I started that. And it's been a journey. And you talk about showing up. You know, in the beginning when I started out, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, when they start out, they think, okay, two to five years, we're going to work this out, get it all set up, going to be, you know, set up for life. Well, it didn't quite work that way uh, for me. You know, we built a very successful business and then it fell apart and then it had to rebuild. And then I had another business uh, venture that didn't go well, at, at, you know, and so it's like rebuilding. And so I've learned a lot on the way up. I've also learned a lot. I would say even more on the way down um, in terms of business, team building, leadership, the importance of who you are in business with, trust but verify, you know, all of that. And uh, I started Discover the Edge in 2005. And it really, it started off as a training and development company where I would help with a tool which I had been using for many years at, at that point, which is understanding personality dynamics. So I was to do workshops. And I started doing workshops with that. And then I was going into companies. And as I was going in and working with the owners and their teams, I was realizing that there was a lot more that was going on in their business that I could actually help them out with. And then all of the the, the memories, the experiences of not just our own business, but every time somebody asked me, hey, can you come in and help us fix our mess? All the times that I did that, it started to come together and realizing that I actually had a lot more to to offer than I even realized at that time. And so I started coaching. People started asking me, can they, can I coach them? And then gradually that turned into not just life coaching, but in mental mindset coaching, but also business coaching and all of that as well. And then I started the podcast leaders of transformation in 2015. And that has been, now it's been six years. It's been a wonderful journey and, and getting to, interview difference makers and world changers who are just making a huge impact in the world. 
and some that are not really well-known, some that are super well-known, but really people that are, as you talk about, doing the work, right? They're in it, they're showing up and they're making a difference. And it's just been a pleasure to uh, to get to interview them and showcase them on my podcast as well. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a little bit of my journey. I mean, you know, there's so much in that, of course. I just kind of quickly went over it. But one of the things that I've had the privilege of, and this has also taught me a lot about human behavior, is having a lot of adversity in my own life, whether it be through businesses that were successful and failed, through the relationships, the betrayals and all of that, also personal relationships, health and so forth. And so life if there's one thing I would say is, is that, yeah, show up, show up, keep showing up, keep showing up and keep learning when you show up. Because if you don't learn, you get to repeat the lesson over and over and over again until you get it. And so every time I was like, okay, I don't want to keep repeating this. It was painful the first time around. And so I just extracted all the learning I possibly could. I would love to jump in there with you because uh, I like to say it's a point of pride for me that I do not like to learn the same lesson twice. (laughs) It is too painful (laughs) and I am too sensitive. (laughs) But, um, and I I say it as a joke, but at the same time, I know the pain of the dip or uh, the uncertainty and, and especially when we are building a business in those beginning years. And Uh, I also appreciate how you said, you know, a lot of people think, okay, two to five years, I'm going to set this up and it's going to go this way. And then we're going to just coast on that. And I really love to ask people, is this the work you'd be doing if it didn't pay you for one, two, three, five, 10 years, if this was a labor of love and and people really quickly recalibrate to from a good idea to a heart centered, you know, practice or or mission or message. And a lot about that human behavior that you were pointing at and What human behaviors have you had to give up in order to make it to the point that you've made it in your life? Yeah, great question. So early on, I struggled. So I I started out going door to door and selling things after the flea market and the the jewelry thing when I really was like, okay, we're going to get serious with this. I actually went door to door and I started selling fax machines. So I'm dating myself, of course, but um, fax machines had just come out. They were brand new. And business owners were kind of like, why do we need this thing? And it's like, oh, you're going to want it because there's going to be this whole network of people that you can fax stuff to and (laughs) whatever. So I started selling those door to door. And then I quickly went from door to door to being uh, on the phone, cold calling. And I've sold everything under the sun. I quickly realized I wasn't excited about fax machines. So I went on to other things. (laughs) You know, I mean, hey. They're great and all, but, uh, you know, you talk about having a, would you do it if you didn't get paid? No, I would not sell fax machines if I didn't get paid for it. So I continue went on and do other things and, and so forth. And in the process of that, I, I struggled. I was new to it. I didn't know how to really sell. I didn't know how to do phone calls and presentations and follow-ups and all of the stuff that you know, is needed, even though I was working in my parents' business and I was at that time as well and helping out another business from a family friend that we had, it was different to do it myself and go out there and meet the pavement, all that stuff. And so in answer to your question, one of the things that I realized is that the questions that I was asking myself, they were actually holding me back. So I was asking myself questions like, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? Why are other people more successful? You hear Gary mm-hmm. V actually interview young people and they'll say, you know, I'm, I'm 22 and I haven't gotten there and all my friends are successful. And he's like, 
really? Tell me all your friends are successful. Tell me they've all got it made. Well, so-and-so Kardashian does. Okay, wait a second. That's a whole other game. Who are you comparing yourself to, right? So he'll go after that because it's the it's the concept that we think we've got to have it all worked out in those first few years. And we have these high expectations, but it's a journey. It's a marathon. So coming back to these questions, I started asking myself questions like, you know, what's wrong with me? Why is this not working? Why are other people, other people, like what the ones that were twice my age, those people, why are they so successful? And I'm not kind of thing. And it dawned on me one day that those questions were limiting because when I got the answer to those questions, they weren't going to help me move forward. It's because you're an idiot. It's because you're this. It's because you're that, right? It's because you don't know how to do. It's because you're too young. It's because you're whatever, right? So that was not helpful. So I needed to change the questions so that I could get different answers. And that shifted my mindset to what am I learning here? What do I know how to do? How did that last call? What can I learn from that last conversation? Where did I lose them? right? Would I, and this was a real good question for me as a salesperson on the phone. Everybody was just telling me, no, 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 no. And finally, I was like, why are they keep saying no? I mean, I'm trying so hard. I'm putting the time in and everything. It dawned on me. It was like, if somebody were to call you and say the same thing, would you be interested? And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> why are you saying that? Hello. Yeah. So it's like golden. Mirror, right. <laughs> and we learned so much from that. We learned so much. So I just was like, wow. So one of the things there is a, I wouldn't call, I don't know if it's a superpower, but it's a, it's something that I do, a habit, a, a regular habit that I do, which I alluded to right, even right in the beginning is the, is the reflection, is the feedback loop is to, is to check in and say, what am I learning? What's working? What's not working? What am I learning about this? What would I do differently next time? What would I, what would I do more of that I've done that went well? I can do more of that. So it's not always about what we're just doing wrong. It's what we're also doing well, building on that, right? For greater opportunities. And so I just, I just focus on how can I learn fast, fail forward? You know, it really is that is like, put yourself out there. You don't know what you don't know until you get out there and you realize, and then you start asking yourself, what can I learn from this? I love the questions that offer to us to like the listeners ask your questions differently. And, and is this a disempowering framework or is this an empowering framework? Am I, am I literally, the answer is going to set me up for more self uh, beratement and, and finding our weaknesses and, and highlighting those. So thank you for that perspective. Uh, I also was catching on to when you were saying that you said feedback loop and, and immediately what landed in my head is like, create your own feedback loop. We often rely on the external feedback, like a sale or uh, in the social media world, like likes and comments and shares. And that external feedback loop might not be a reliable place to look for our eff efficacy, our, our effectiveness. And so um, I really like that switching up the questions about where, where are we looking here? How are we setting ourselves up? How, how are we framing this? And I think that's really important. Something else that I appreciate because I, I relate to your story about selling things since however long ago I had lemonade stands. And um, I remember convincing, this doesn't have to do with sales, but I remember convincing everybody in my neighborhood to bring all their pennies together because I wanted a deep dish pizza. And I said, if we all brought all the, all the change that we had together, that we would order one together. Like it's just this there's this entrepreneurial spirit. I remember selling t-shirts in high school, just on and on endless examples. And 
something that occurred to me while you were saying it is the difference in selling a product because we can really kind of product hop like fax machines go out of style a certain you know skincare lines go out of style products clothing whatever and uh but services often will stand the test of time so i'm interested in what you might have to say about that being in i I do want to ask about sales some more but i'd love to talk about the difference between products and services and what you've seen throughout your career yes so selling a product it can be easier than selling a service depends on the service when you're selling yourself here's what i know is that when you're selling yourself now it's personal Oh, you may not like my fax machine. You might not like my product line. You might not, might not like my vitamin line, whatever, right? But when you say no to me, now you're saying something about my enoughness. And this is where all of that inner dialogue really, this is the real game. Because I believe that when we're young, when we're kids, we, for most of us, if not all of us, we learn this primary lie, unless we had like really super conscious parents and they, but even so, I know people and my parents were great too, but I still learned some things. It's because of the meaning that I made things that really created some issues for me. Like for example, like I'm saying, it's not enough. I believe that this primary lie always is about, I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not fun enough. I'm not enough. I don't fast enough, whatever it is that in school you had this experience. I'm not likable. I'm not popular enough. I'm whatever. Okay. Always comes back. I'm not important. I'm not, I'm not loved. Right. I'm my, you know, maybe, maybe uh, I was a neglected or maybe, you know, whatever. Right. So what happens now you're out selling yourself and now you get people saying no to you. And it's like, Oh, that thing that I've been trying to outrun my whole life, that fear, that lie is now in my face. What am I going to do with that? And so I can justify and say, well, those people are idiots or, you know, they don't understand or I can do all of that. But I do need to look at, you talked about feedback loop for the internal and external. So I do need to look at the feedback that's coming back to me, but rather than make it personal about see, I'm not enough. And that's why they're saying that is to say, what can I learn from this? What are they telling me? I think it was Bill Gates that said, your most unhappy clients or most the customers that are the ones that complain the most are your biggest friend because they give you feedback, right? And tell you where maybe you can improve. Now you get critics, that's different. But somebody who says, I'm really not happy with the way that, or I, or let's say, for example, they object to something you say. So why are they objecting? In order to do that, though, you have to, you get to get okay with who you are to realize this isn't about you. This is about them. Most of the time people have a, and this happens in relationships in general, is that people are, it's like one of my mentors says, it's your little voice, insecurities or whatever, talking to their little voice and our insecurities and so forth. And he's triggering, we we see that right now in social media, like big time, right? Obviously triggering each other and pointing fingers and so forth. But when you get to the point where you know that you are enough and that you're okay and you're always going to be okay and that you, you're you good in yourself, right? Competent, acceptable, approved, whatever. Then you can take your eyes off yourself and focus on the issue at hand. 
And notice when I said what worked, what didn't work in that feedback loop, it's not what did I do wrong? What did I do right? Because that makes it personal about me, which is actually not about me. It's what I did. It's the action that I took either got me to where I wanted to go. It either worked or it didn't work. Now it's that thing that I can address. So I've got this product and I want to a coach, right? Lots of coaches out there nowadays. I want to sell my coaching packages. People aren't buying them. Okay, why? Why aren't they buy them? buying them? Is it because you're messaging? Is it because you're not talking to the right people? Is it because you're not talking to enough people, right? Is it because when I say you're messaging, maybe it's your message, messaging is not landing with the right people that it's designed for, or maybe you don't have enough experience. Maybe you need to do a little bit more of your own inner work. So they're picking up something subconsciously and it's just giving you, it's like life is giving you that gift and saying, hey, there's a little bit more work to do here. Because when you create the space, when you own who you are, you become a clearing for others, right? So people are naturally drawn to you. So you become a magnet. People are naturally drawn to you. They're like, hey, what, whatever that juju is, whatever you got going on there, I would like some of that. So then people, so if that's not happening, it's just feedback and it's an opportunity to grow. So anyways, I got on a little bit of a tangent. Hopefully I love it. I'm just over here. Like, it's kind of like musical. (laughs) Um, So I love it. And I also, I can hear the coaching language and, and we speak that a lot here on the Hearts Unleashed podcast. So I appreciate you like the clearing and, and speaking to that, that primary lie. I love the way that you, that terminology or that phrase, because we, all conclude something about ourselves and we all conclude it's unsafe to be ourselves. And then we start to like, I love the way you said the thing I spent my whole life running from is now flying up in my face because we're, we are identifying with the product that or service that we're selling. And now the no means no to us. And, oh, it's so, you know, so I just really appreciate that. And the offer that from a true sense of self, like when we are able to kind of detach from what we're offering, that we can actually inquire why it's not landing with the audience or client that we intend for it to, or why that service isn't being grabbed onto for whatever reason. So it's just brilliant. Thank you for, you know, the way you navigated us through that. I would really love to ask for tips in sales. I don't know how maybe that's kind of cliche or cheeky, but I would love to, um, you know, we have a lot of audience that does have a business, is growing a business. What, how can we get better at sales? Yes. Well, sales, every business is a sales business, is a people business. And life is all about sales. So first of all, the first sale we always make is the one we make to ourself. So oftentimes what we're actually doing is we are objecting to ourselves that not enough, that primary lie. That's why we've got to learn the truth about ourselves, right? So if people are if people are faith-based people, they'll understand the term, like, who does God say that I am, right? Who does, who, or at least who, who do I decide that I am if that's not, you know, if they're not necessarily believing in God or anything, right? So you got to get to that point of realizing that I am enough. I am enough. I am worthy. I am valuable simply because I am. Now, in sales, when you do that, then as I was saying before, you can you can kind of take your eyes off yourself and then focus on other the person, right? So coming back to that, you got to make the sale to yourself to know that you are valuable, that what you have to offer is valuable. So if you're getting objections out there, they are an indication oftentimes if it's repeating, 
Okay. It's an indication of the objection that you have with yourself. So for example, somebody says, everybody's always telling me that, you know, the product's too expensive or they don't want to buy my package because whatever. So you ask yourself, okay, well, where in me do I not believe that there is value in this package? If people are always asking for a discount, ask yourself, where am I being cheap with me? So that's the first thing. Then when you talk about objection, I'll give you another tip, which I learned along the way. And then I had, I had, I had this awesome mentor coach, Blair Singer, plug for Blair. He's awesome. And master at sales, wrote a book called Sales Dogs, uh, Little Voice Mastery, Team Code of Honor. And, you know, he talks about objection handling as the most important thing to understand how to do, learn how to do in sales. If you can understand how to handle objections well, it plays out into every area. And I, that has been my experience growing up, as I said, these, these uh, sales calls and so forth. And so handling objections, what most salespeople do is they do what I call the yeah, but. I appreciate what you're saying, but if I could tell you, you know, or yeah, whatever that yeah, but is, right? If I could show you, if I could prove to you, what they're actually saying is yeah, but. So rather than doing the yeah, but, because I don't know anybody that appreciates a yeah, but necessarily, right? It's like, I appreciate what you're saying there, Abigail, but you know, really, I don't agree It's a complete disregard. I, I love that you're pointing this out. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. And so when you look at objections, so first of all, there's the yeah, but. The second thing that that people do, there's a little bit of trapping going on there, right? Too, is like trying to hook them in and get them to buy my stuff. It's not about you. When you're in sales, you are a problem solver. You are a solution provider. Help enough other people get what they want, you'll get what you want, okay? So with that in mind, objections is not about memorizing. Some people try to memorize all the, okay, when they say this, they say that. So when I started out, I had literally, I had this flow chart that I had developed because I was going to understand and master the formula of sales. Okay. So I've got this flow chart and I had learned it somewhere along the way in a book, you know, they say this, and then you say that, and then they say this, and then you say that. Okay. So I get on the phone, got my flow chart printed out in front of me. I'm ready to go. I say this, they don't say that they are off script right away. And I'm like, what? That's not what you were supposed to say. And I quickly realized that prospects don't follow scripts. So when you are, and when you're memorizing a script and when you're memorizing answers as objections uh, to, to handle the objection, you are actually in whose world? Your world. You're not in their world. So what I just threw that flow chart out and said, okay, I just need to listen to what's going on and then I can figure out. So how do you do that? Number one, you've got to recognize if somebody gives you an objection, recognize is it a is it an emotional objection? Is it a uh, an intellectual objection? Like, do they not understand what you explain to them? I don't really get, get what you just said there. Or they are afraid of something. I don't want to spend the money because I'm afraid. Last time I did it, I didn't do anything with that course or that program. And so I don't want to buy another course that's going to sit on the shelf. What is it that's really going on so that you, first of all, understand that? And then in terms of actual steps, the first thing you do with them is you acknowledge, I hear what you're saying. Thank you for your honesty. Got it. I heard you, right? So you're acknowledging that you heard what they said. The second thing you do is you ask a question. Look, if somebody gives you a hot potato and says something like, you have no idea what you're talking about, 
as an example, as an extreme. Usually people don't say that. They might think it, but they don't say it, right? But even so, if they do, like if somebody says, or your product is like, you are crazy to think that anybody's going to buy your product. I don't know. Take the worst possible example of what somebody could say. And they throw that over to you or they say, can you, you know, drop your price, blah, 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 right? First thing is, is if you handle that objection, you address that, you are probably missing the true issue, really what's going on Mm, for them. Yes. So you've got to ask questions, clarifying questions to get to the real objection. And then you deal with that real objection. So I, I, I say, it's like, if they throw you a hot potato, like throw it back to them, you know, and say politely and go, that's interesting. Why do you feel that way? What is it? Thank you for saying, thank you for sharing that. What is it about how I communicated the offer or what is it about the package that makes you feel that way? And this is, again, where the inner work comes in because I got to be okay and comfortable and secure enough that when they come back and tell me whatever they, well, because you said blah, 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 that I don't go into defense mode, but I can just listen. I hear what you're saying. Got it. Thank you. Price is too expensive. Got it. Thank you. What are you comparing it to? So you're digging down deep. Have you ever had a coach before? I'm using coaching because you mentioned about there's a lot of coaches, right? Have you ever done coaching before? What are you, like I said, what are you comparing it to? So what you're doing is you're getting down to the real concern and going back to even what maybe you asked them uh, in the conversation, you're asking them, what is it that they were looking for out of having a coach, right? So you're getting to what is really important to them and they may not even know it themselves until you ask the question and they have to think about it. So acknowledge and ask a question. And you continue to do that until all of a sudden you'll notice they'll say something. You're like, ah, you know, that's, that's the real issue. Let's deal with that. The rest, oh, the real issue is your spouse is going to be really mad if you spent any more money because the last time you spent money, you didn't get a return on that investment and blah, 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 right? I had this bad experience or I'm afraid because I have so little, I'm a single mom, I've got three kids and I want to build this business and I want to invest in my business, but I am afraid because I don't want to take food off the table from my children. I'm afraid that I don't know that my business will actually work. I don't know that I'll be able to be successful. I'd like to believe that I'll make money in this business, but I don't know. So if I go investing more money, it just puts more risk on me. Ah, okay. Now we can deal with that. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. I really love everything you're saying. And it kind of lends to what you were saying earlier about this, your small self engaging with their small self. Like when we feel like we're selling in circles, like not really getting anywhere in that sale or in that conversation, it's because we're not truly attending to the actual objection. I love the way you broke it down to an intellectual objection or an emotional objection. And then, uh, as you were sharing, I wrote, I wrote one, two, three, four, five steps, like listen, acknowledge, reflect, inquire and clarify. That was what like, you know, as I was just following along, I could hear it. And, um, I just thought it was so wonderful because if someone really, I think it's so important, obviously coaching is so much this world, but sales, you know, people want to be seen, they want to be understood and felt and gotten. And if you're only on your side of the court, if you're only, like you said, when you're just doing the flow chart and you're just trying to memorize your part, like that's all about you. It has nothing to do with them. And that if anybody felt and really felt like we were there for them to nurture or, or offer them a product that would genuinely help them, like they would feel that too. 
right? And so I just, I'm loving everything you're saying. And so thank you for offering some more insight to sales because that was really powerful. You're welcome. And and just with that, actually, I'll tell you a quick story. So maybe this will help people doing workshops and all of that because a lot of times people are taught to script it, okay? And scripts have a place. I'm not saying you wing everything. You've got to prepare what you're going to say and so forth. I used to do these when I was in Toronto. Um, I'm originally from Canada. I live down here now, but in California. But when I was back there, I was doing monthly seminars and I was making an offer at the end for a six week program, which uh, deals with little voice mastery and all that mindset, all that good stuff. And I was doing these workshops and I was kind of like, I had the, the close script, you know, like this is what you're supposed to flow through it and all that. And it wasn't working very well. My closing ratio was next to nil, very small. And then one day I was doing this workshop and I had this group of people. It had been a day long workshop. And at the end, it was like a switch just flicked in my switch to my head. And I just started to share about my heart because I love these people. I care about these people. I've just spent all this time. Some of them are friends and acquaintances that I've invited to this workshop. And I just started to share and I didn't make it like everybody needs. I said, look, if you're ready for this, blah, blah, blah. And, but, but I just, it just came out from my heart and literally it was like half the room purchased the program and said, I want to work with you. And I was just like, wow, what just happened? It was, it was like 53 or 56% or whatever it was conversion rate on a workshop. And it was like something switched in me and it was the lesson. It was the same thing that happened that, you know, I had, reverted back, right? Listen to the gurus, tell them, you know, do what they tell you to do. And authenticity is so, so valuable. You've got to have a plan and a a preparation. But when you get into that moment, you have got to be so in their world. And when you are, you will see the impact. And I just wanted to share that with you because as I said, like my conversion rates were off the charts, even from there, just consistently, 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 because I cared about them. And I wanted this, their success. And if they chose to say yes, it wasn't like I was trying to coerce them. It was like, I, I wanted the best for them. And if this program was the program that was best for them, awesome. If this was the right time for them, great. And if it wasn't, totally fine, totally fine. I just put it out there. And the response was incredible. I love that. I, I really love it because there's not a lot of... Um... Like you said, scripts have their place, but when you really just come from the heart and you get to be you and you get to be genuine and authentic. And I appreciate when I feel like I know that person instead of I know some facade or ego or personality on a stage or performance. It's like, it's like, wow, okay, I like that person, like whatever she just shared, you know? And so I can imagine the conversion rate just being whoop, like, whoa, what happened? So um, thank you for sharing that because it gets to be way easier than we make it. <laughs> yeah. And that's why so. I shared it. Cause I think there's a lot of times people are trying to get to a certain outcome and they make the outcome, the thing, or they yeah. make themselves the thing. But when you set all that aside and just want what is best for people, and if your product happens to be that great, mm-hmm. then they feel it. Yeah, They really do. And that's whether yeah. you're on a one-on-one, whether you're in a group of 50 or 100 or 5,000, they'll feel it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, as we start to wrap this up, I had a question that was kind of lingering in the back of my mind about, for some reason, like patience is coming up. I, I've, you know sales, 
entrepreneurship. I would, I just wanted you to give us your lesson on patience. I don't know why that's intuitive. That's just what's they, what's so. And I want to ask you about patience. Yeah, you got it. I mean, first of all, I'm going to step back once and I'm going to say presence Ooh, first. Yes. You got to be present. If there's one coaching tip, if there is one sales tip outside of, and this, this kind of overlays on all what we just talked about, you've got to have presence. That's what we've been talking about, being present with the other person, being present with what their needs are, being present with what their concerns are. Um, so presence, but, pre- but patience goes along with that is being patient with the process. So if we expand that out to the long haul journey, let's say of an entrepreneur, you know, is to be patient with the process. If you try to force it too fast, you actually get a little messy and not in a healthy, like you create, sometimes we create our own mess because we're just trying to do it because we don't want to go through all of the the real steps that it takes. We just want to get there. I just want to get there. So I'm going to speed 90 miles an hour to get there and lose control of the car on the way, you know, maybe not a 90, maybe 250. Okay. So I drive fast. What can I say? But yeah, so patience with the process, patience with yourself in the journey. You're not going to do everything right. You are going to make mistakes. That is how we learn. So you've got to be patient with yourself, loving and kind to yourself, push yourself. Yes. But even be patient in that be a good coach speaking. I don't know. We've gone this topic of coaching, be a good coach for yourself. Be a good friend to yourself. Talk to yourself like you would your best friend, Mm. your closest friend, and be patient with other people to recognize that maybe those prospects, those people on social media that you're pouring your heart into, they might not be ready yet. And yes, you can help them and open up you know, and cause them to have greater awarenesses and so forth, which can help them along the way. But ultimately, they're on their journey and you got to be patient with their journey. Impatience is a scarcity mindset. Mm. Patience is coming from that place of abundance that I know that I want to create this outcome because I've got kids to take care of. I've got this goal or whatever that it is. And I want to create this type of life. And in order to do that, I need this many clients or whatever. Okay. I know that that's my goal and I can shoot for that goal, but I don't know who the people are going to be along the way that I'm going to meet along the way that I leave up to God, that I lead up to the universe or whatever. Right. And I'll leave it up to them to choose who they are. I love that. I love that. And I have a question that I ask a lot of our guests, but I want to ask it a different way. I just want to ask like, what are you really excited about these days? What's going on with you? Yeah, you know what's really exciting me? I guess maybe it's concerning me and it's causing me excitement is this leadership crisis. I've been talking a lot more about this leadership crisis. Leadership starts with leading ourselves and then it's leading others, just like with sales, right? We sell ourselves, number one sale we got to make, and then we can sell others. And so right now there's so much craziness happening in the world and people are getting triggered and we, I think we really lost sight largely of certain principles of taking responsibility. You talk about patience, presence, kindness, generosity, and this having truly having this abundant mindset. Because I know people that are all about peace, love, and yoga, but are like now yelling at each other on Facebook. Uh, mm. Facebook, and I'm going, wait a second, <laughs> where where did all that peace, love, and whatever go? Right. So it's really I'm finding that 
there is a disconnect and there's a loss of identity of who we really are as we were talking earlier. And so I'm very passionate about that. A lot more of my content more recently has been talking about that, talking about even some leadership qualities. Of course, my podcast is about leadership. But actually, it's funny because with my podcast, I always used to say, no, it's about transformation. It's not about leadership. It's leaders of transformation. And so I focused on the transformation. But in fact, yeah, it's leadership. It's leaders who create transformation. And I don't know, There's there was something in me and that was a, an awareness as to why am I deflecting from this idea of talking about leadership and maybe I don't see myself as a leader and I went down that rabbit hole. But I realized is that it is, life is about leadership and it's about us leading ourselves and leading others, being an example um, for others and just staying grounded so that we can help people navigate through this. And so that's, to me, that's something that I'm really excited about passionate about because I know what it's done in my life. I know what it's done in my clients' lives to take that ownership for themselves and to be able to be the calm in the midst of the storm. So I'm excited about helping people to do that because I think that is going to make a huge shift, ripple effect that goes out there into into the world. That's so powerful. I am so grateful because in any way that Hearts Unleashed can be aligned with that, we are aligned with that. And so it's really, it's really beautiful to have you share that message of passion. We believe in emotionally intelligent leadership. And that's kind of what we talk about a lot here. Um, Same message is we're seeing a lot of examples of emotionally underdeveloped leadership. And so uh, I have the same passion and drive as you. And so I appreciate that. And uh, last question is, what does it look like for Nicole Jansen's heart to be unleashed? You know, for me to be unleashed, I'll tell you where I was leashed. And you notice I'm always, I always just look <laughs> side, right? But so for me to be leashed was to be afraid to be me, was to be trapped in unforgiveness and bitterness. And so unleashed for me is being free of bitterness being free of resentment, being free of unforgiveness of betrayals and all the things that happened and the losses and got lots of those, but being free to create a bright new, not just future, but a bright new today. And for me, I love the outdoors. I love exercising, working out and just, I just love, I love the beach. And so for me, just doing what I love, doing it with the people that I love doing it with, and having the freedom to say, no, this is not what I want to do. Yes, this is what I want to do. No, this is not where I want to go. No, I don't want to go to that conference. No, I don't want to go to that webinar. Yes, I do want to go do this. And to have the freedom to be able to, to not just be able to, because I always had the, the ability to do it, but to give myself the permission to choose. I love that. I um, As you were sharing like the leashed part, I think I wanted to say a phrase that I think a lot of us do that we don't know we do is keeping score, Mm. keeping a ledger of, like you said, betrayals or losses or whatever that might be and how heavy that can get or how tight around our neck that can get. And so I just appreciate you sharing the leashed part to then live unleashed and that authenticity and that freedom, freedom from bitterness. Goodness gracious, if we can be, I think we would need a lobotomy to be free from bitterness would just be the most amazing. And I just appreciate you sharing your unleashed heart with us. And I would imagine that people are very excited to get to know you more. So you guys be sure to check out Leaders of Transformation, emphasis on the transformation, people leading us towards transformation. Where can we find you online? Sure. Well, leadersoftransformation.com is my website. And uh, I also have another website, which is a bit older. I haven't updated it yet. 
probably just going to brand it all together under leaders mm-hmm. of transformation, but it is discover the edge.com is also uh, has some resources there. And, uh, and then I'm all on social with, you know, YouTube, we've got a YouTube channel, Nicole Jansen, right. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. I'm working on the Instagram a little bit more. I mean, I have a presence there. I'm not as good as some of the other ones, but we're getting there. So, but yeah, I'm all over social. That's great. I always joke, Instagram is my love language. It's my favorite place to be on the internet. (laughs) And uh, that and YouTube and here on the podcast. And I just, again, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your experience, your expertise, your, your poise, like, um, I just appreciate your energy and your aura because I, I obviously get to interview with you video, but I imagine even audio people can, you, there's like such a steady groundedness about you and the way that you, you share the sales brilliance. And so just thank you for being you and thank you for sharing who you are. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for having me, Abigail. I really yeah. appreciate it. And thank you for the compliment. Yeah. I, I had somebody, I, somebody gave me a similar compliment and, and it would blurt it out was uh, I'm purified by fire. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I think we can relate. (laughs) Oh, yes, we can. (laughs) I get that deeply, uh, painfully deeply. And so thank you for that. And Hearts, thank you so much for being here to open your heart to a new conversation, particularly around how you can offer your product, your service to be a leader of transformation in this world. I know if you're listening to this podcast, I know you are committed to other hearts being unleashed. So unleash that heart of yours. Thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, Hearts. Hearts.